What's up, Lady Ballers? Welcome back. We're Soccer Props. And it's game time. It's our 100th episode. I can't believe it. Guys, that's like pretty impressive. And it's so amazing how many guests we've had on. Like, looking back, it's wild. We've had Randy Chastain. We've had Mia Hamm. We've had Jimmy Conrad. We've had Dave Beastman Soccer. Like, and just incredible how much advice, how much we learn from each person, how everyone's story is different. But there's so many things that you can take away um, no matter who you are. So I just feel like we're so blessed that we get to do this and that you guys are still listening. Um, so thank <laughs> you guys for being on this journey with us. But yeah, I mean, it's been it's been fun. Yeah, I don't know about the listeners, but we personally look forward to podcasting every week because we still learn so much even beyond the game. It's crazy. Like every single episode, you can take away at least one thing that mm -hmm. maybe opened your eyes or just a piece of advice that you want to try out on your own. So I think like like Shannon said, thank you guys for sticking with us. We are so excited to we'll check out different pieces of advice that we've gotten from some of our guests. This first one is going to be Kelly O'Hara. I think I was at a point where I was like, I know I can do this. So mm -hmm. I'm really, really disappointed. And I'm like, got yeah. in and it feels like somebody ripped your heart out, which is like so dramatic for such like, it's like one thing, like you didn't make one wrong. <laughs> are you serious? But truly like it was like, I, but I, that, that is how I knew I wanted it so badly. And it was kind of the same way I felt when I didn't make the region team, I made the pool, didn't make team. Like that was the same visceral reaction of like gutted. Oh my God. Like my world is crumbling. And so I think it's just like, I was at, I, when I get to the point where I'm like, I can do this. I know that I have the ability to be here and perform and succeed. And I don't meet those expectations. Then I have those. And that no hurts more. Yeah. So I, I love this point because I think a lot of people don't realize how many players on the national team haven't made every team or haven't been the best on each team. And Kelly said, like, she got no's, but it just made her realize, like, oh, I want it this bad that I'm going to keep going. Exactly. Like, she learned in her failures and in the moments where she felt her worst how actually bad she wanted to be the best and to con continue going. So it's kind of like an amazing thing to learn from the bad experiences, right? And we have mm -hmm. to remember that they're gonna, you're gonna come across them, but they teach you something. All right, this next one is Jimmy Conrad, and this was the first time he was on. Everybody wants a, sh a shortcut, I think, when they when I answer that, and, mm -hmm. and the answer is there are no shortcuts. That's the secret. Any players that I'm coaching is you have to push, you have to make mistakes to know what you're capable of. If you're never, if you're trying to be perfect all the time, you're never gonna know when is the right time to use this particular skill in a game or, or not? Like it just, it creates this kind of indecision and indecisiveness and this insecurity. Whereas just, just go make mistakes. Like that is how you're going to learn. Cause when you look back on your career, like I do, and I'm sure you guys can attest to it too. The journey was the coolest part. Like, mm -hmm. can I make it? Can mm -hmm. I get there? Try to see if you can reach your goals. What is actually what you derive the most satisfaction that I, I mean, getting there is cool because it, it validates all the hard work, but but it's really the, yeah, it's everything in between that, that, that ultimately matters. I like what he said in the beginning about like being open to messing up. So I feel like, so we like try to protect ourselves from making mistakes. And that's how, like, I feel like that's how you get so thrown off by making mistakes. If you're so not used to making them when you make one, it's like, it feels like a monumental error. This one 
was the U.S. women's national team's advice to their younger self. So this was right before the World Cup, actually, um, when we went and interviewed them, and they each gave great advice um, to their younger selves. All right, next up, we have Alex Moore. Younger self, I would say that um, you know, hard work and dedication goes so much further than talent. I felt so discouraged a lot of times when I was younger because um, the girls around me were so much better soccer players than I was. But at the end of the day, I knew that I wanted it more. I worked harder to get to where I am today, and um, I never really detracted from that vision and that dream that I had. Really believe in yourself to not be discouraged by, you know, coaches or or opponents or anyone trying to put you down and to really have a good support system, whether that's your parents, your siblings, your teammates, um, just knowing that there's some people that you trust and, and can look for for, for guidance. Still brings me Still brings me joy to hear her say that she wasn't the best on her team growing up. Like, I feel like every... And just every girl needs to hear that, that Alex Morgan was not the best on her team growing up. Yep. And I love, I love the quote, um, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And it is true because she was even saying like, if you're a really good player, people can get complacent and comfortable and like not work hard because they, you know, they think that they're good enough, but that's just not good enough. You know, like in her eyes, she saw it as I need to keep working hard, keep going, keep going, keep going up the ladder, you know, and I think that's why she set herself apart. And she went professional and she's one of the best players in the world because she has that grit. All right, next one is Ashlyn Harris. My biggest advice would be don't try to be your role model, try to be better than your role model. I think so, so much we try to like, oh, I love LeBron James. I want to be just like him. I want to look like him. No, like, you need to be better than him. You need to like be you. And I like, that's my biggest thing I try to tell people. Don't try to be me. Like I've worked my whole life creating my brand. Don't like try to copy my tattoos or copy the way I look. Like be so comfortable and confident with who you are and like your own path that you don't have to like worry about trying to look like other people. Oh, I would love to be better than LeBron James. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I really did like what she was saying. Like you don't have to become your role model. Be greater than your remote role model in different ways like be the best version of yourself so I thought that was really cool players forget like how cool and, and unique they are you know try they're always trying to be someone else or trying to fill someone else's shoes like just because they look up to them but it's just like be yourself there's su- some superpowers in that and we tend to forget it so it's a nice reminder all right the next one is Tobin fail 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 make mistakes like it's awesome you know like that's the time to grow like if you're not making mistakes you're not pushing yourself um and find people that are better than you and learn from them and uh, don't like shy away from from hard things but kind of run into them if you guys could have listened to the whole audio me and tobin both said awesome like 15 times (laughs) No awesome. joke. I was like, that's awesome. She's like, it was awesome. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> but no, I like that. Like, to, like run into the wall, like head first. Like I love like everything she said. Yeah. The one point I wanted to take away was she talked about surrounding yourself around people who are better than you. And I think that is so crucial to your growth as a player. All right. Last one is Allie Krieger. Um, I would say know your value as an individual and player or just within your craft because um, it really will help you get to the highest level in whatever you want to do. She's such a big believer about like having a good support system. 
And I love that she, it's, it's like not your average advice that you hear all the time, but I think she's always relied, you know, on like her brother's support and her family's support and friend's support. And she's realized how important that's been in getting her where she is today. So I, I love that she gives that advice. The next one is Rachel Daly. You know, hearing everybody's voice who actually, you know, have important things to say. They've got different experiences. They've come from different backgrounds and understand the game in a different way. But yeah, the, the problem is you don't want to be just you speaking and constantly hearing the same sound and hearing your own voice all the time. <laughs> I kind of communication is absolutely key too when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, I think so too. I think, yeah, like I said, I think it's, it's learning to channel it um, and, and communicate in the right way. Whereas I think in the past, I've maybe just thought about my frustration and just vocalizing it whichever way it comes out, but not actually realizing the impact that that has on, on everyone else. Um, and I think obviously in the last couple of years, that's when I've had to sort of turn it down a little bit and think about other people and not just put myself, if I'm frustrated in the game, take it out on anyone else. Uh, and I, yeah, I think I've obviously had to develop that and, and trying to turn that into a good quality rather than turning it against me and making me look like the bad guy all the time. I loved this whole episode with Rachel. She was so real with us. You know, like admitting her faults as a player, even in college, she was saying she would literally blurt out things that were negative without realizing the impact on their on her teammates. And when she finally realized that, she started to work on it and she be she became even more of a leader. And I think that the two things here is just the two words, constructive criticism and like the way that you communicate with your teammates is so important because you need to grow. You need to hear criticism to grow, but maybe in a in a different way, in a way that you know they'll understand and you guys can move on along as a team it's really important this next one is uh from our episode with sammy and christy muis yeah um i think i've just talked a lot about how like christy kind of paved the way for me and i think um as much as like i wanted to compete with her and compare myself to her all the time i think that christy did a really good job of like kind of just like being that representation of like you can make the national team and you can play at a division one college and you can play professionally. And she kind of like made it more real to me that I could do that too. Um, but then even just like these past couple of years and like playing against each other in the league and um, both like living the same lifestyle, I feel like sometimes with your family or friends, it's hard for them to understand like what you're doing and what you're going through and, why it's stressful and why you need to go train on Christmas and like these crazy things that we do. And to have someone in my family, like who totally gets it because they're going through it too, has been really good for me and Christy's relationship. And I think really helpful for both of us to have someone who like fully understands what it is we're doing and what we want and like why we like put ourselves through so much in order to like play at this level. I love that you mentioned how, just being able to vent to someone who knows what the, their lifestyle is like and like understands them. I mean, there's nothing better than talking to a teammate over some things because they get it, you know? And I think that's so important. Um, and that's why close teams and like with good morale and, and you know, communication is so clutch to you surviving <laughs> all the crazy things you have to do. The second clip is Chrissy talking about um, coming back from her ACL and how she came back as a player stronger, like not just physically, but mentally. For the past couple of years, I, I've been, I've been okay with just being like, not bad, but not good. Like I've kind of just been like floating, um, through the league. Like I, I didn't do anything bad. I just didn't do anything good either. And I was, I was fine with it. And then, um, I tore my ACL and I, I think it just like, 
triggered something inside of me to just be like, get your head out of your ass. Like you're like, this is your career. You need to take this more seriously. Um, not that I wasn't taking it seriously before, but I think I was just like, okay with being okay. Um, so I think that definitely triggered something inside of me. And I think that I just have a different mindset now. Um, so yeah, I do definitely think that I just like feel better. I feel faster. I feel stronger. Um, I take the weight room more seriously. I run harder. I train harder. Um, so I, I think it's just a mindset thing for me. You can totally see like the flip and the switch, like from watching her play over the years. Like, I don't know what the heck did it this, like the past you know few months but oh my god she's like it's like she's a different player again yeah well I also think it might have been the fact that she got injured and realized how you know when she tore her ACL she was like oh my gosh like this is my life like I need to come back better than ever you know because you miss it you miss it so much when you're injured and you understand how much you love the game so I think that too was like a big eye-opener for her and um, if if there's any Cinderella story out there, it's the fact that Christy Mewis was on the national team and then she was off of it for a very long time, and now she is back on the national team. And yeah. like that is just everyone should take note. Like there's no perfect route to being the best, and you can always tr- keep trying. Like keep having hope and keep trying, and it will it will happen for you. And speaking of Cinderella's story, the next one um, is Sarah Fuller, who um, was the Vanderbilt goalkeeper who then became the kicker at Vanderbilt. That was very frustrating because my mentality was, I'm going to come in and, you know, make a difference right off the bat. And so I had, like, such a bad attitude my freshman year. You get, like, uh, my class, like, he's been with me this whole time. It's like, oh, you've changed a lot. Because <laughs> I was grumpy. Like, I, I had such a bad attitude. And then sophomore year, foot was healed, hurt my back, but, like, was still able to train. And that was so frustrating going out and training, but knowing it, I wasn't good enough, wasn't going fast enough because I was still in pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so just really focusing on like how well, the things that I can control, like my rehab, that was something I could control. And my attitude was something I could control. And so I just continued focusing on that. So like when my junior year came along and um, I was behind two senior goalkeepers so they were splitting time and I knew I wasn't gonna play so I just continued being like okay this I need to help the team out here I can be a good practice player and make the team better and they're gonna make me better as well we're, we're gonna feed off each other in that competition back I, I took every opportunity every game like one day at a time um, made sure like continued working hard in practice and I got to give a lot of credit to my teammates. Like they've, they've been incredible. They have been working hard through this whole year. Um, and it just, this year has been so difficult. So I'm so proud of all of them for, you know, how hard they worked and that they stuck with it um, through, you know, all the ups and downs. I love that she noticed her, she acknowledged that she had a poor attitude. And then she was like, this is not helping anyone. I'm a bench player. Like I'm going to be the best bench player role model there can be. And she switched her mindset and it just completely changed the rest of her experience. And look at where, and then look at where it led her, like to making history. Next one's um, our old teammate, Nikki Goody Stannon. Just like having the belief in yourself that you can do it. 
Because like I said, I struggled in the beginning and I was like, I'm not good enough. I don't belong here. But like, if you truly look at yourself and you're like, hey, I've done all the work. I'm good enough. Like I can do this. Mm-hmm. Then like, I know that sounds so cliche, but like, honestly, just like believe in yourself and don't look for other people for that satisfaction, but like really look in yourself. Um, another one would probably be to like not not dwell on mistakes like I'm really hard on myself so when I have a bad session like I used to feel it for like so long but you just need to be like you know what like what did I what what do I need to work on so that doesn't happen again Mm -hmm. um and then see my third one would probably be like do what you need to do to help build your confidence so for me I had an assistant coach there Christy and like every time I said hey can you do extra work he would do extra work with me and so like then you know when I come into training I'm like oh, like I've worked on this, like I got this, you know? So, or like, maybe it's, that that was kind of my thing to build confidence was to convince myself that I've done what I need to do. But like, say it's even like reading motivational books um, Mm -hmm. or something like that. And just finding like what you need to do to go in every day on top of your game. So I think that's really crucial. Like, remember you can do, you should do the extra work if you're not feeling comfortable about certain parts of your game. And your coaches are more than happy to be there for you and support you and help you ace whatever it is that you're trying to ace this one is from um our podcast with brandy chastain all the time when i want to win the game because i want to win the game (laughs) but i don't i'm now to the point where like i know i'm not sacrificing the process to win the game yes you know i i don't and i'm telling my players that and i'm you know but but somewhere in that coaching i want them to have that aha moment where they see that if if they do that thing just a little bit different or just a little bit more efficiently, they'll get the outcome they want. And I have to pull myself back from that and let them experience finding that moment. And that's sometimes hard for me. We've talked with a lot of like, you know, ex-players about their transition to to coaching and like Jimmy to coaching and and Brandy to coaching. And it must just be such a hard transition when you literally, you do know it all. Like, it's not even like you have the perception that you know it all. They literally are experts at this, but uh, you know, they talk about the connective players realizing things for themselves and players learning things for themselves. And you can only force and coach so much. You're, you have to be receptive to letting the players learn their lessons you know, through experience. And it's just really, it's so, I find it so interesting to, to talk to the pros that are now coaches because it's, it's just an interesting balance of knowing it and then needing to communicate it with other people. Okay. The next one is when we had Tierna Davidson on. One of the biggest things that I've seen is really important for players is their ability to be coached. Um, And I think that sometimes Obviously, it depends on the kind of coach that you have, how information is delivered to you, and that can cause you to react in different ways. But your ability to take information, whether it's positive, whether it's negative, and internalize that, work on it, and perform on the field, or maybe not on the field. Um, maybe it's a, a something that you need to be doing in the locker room with your teammates. Um, but whatever it is, being able to take something that's given to you um, and, and make use of it, I think is one of the most, um, valuable assets that you can have as an athlete. Listening to all opinions. 
I think, too, like hearing, you know, multiple opinions about what's going on or construction criticism and then actually taking it and putting it to good use, like that is really powerful and can definitely help you improve your game. This one is uh, Victoria Garrick, who you guys have probably seen her on Instagram, but uh, she also is a TED Talk speaker and she played volleyball in college. For me to play college volleyball at the level I did, I needed to have a body that was probably 20 pounds heavier than what I wanted to look like. Like I just, that was the body I had to have to play my sport. Um, And at the time, like the big switch I made in my mind that I had to realize was it's more, it's not about what my body looks like. It is about what my body is doing for me. And for such a long time, I was so like almost disgusted at lifting heavy. And like, I remember having a girl who like, I loved her body and we were, and I asked her like, you know, how do you stay so skinny? Because like all the weight we're lifting. And she was like, oh my God, like, I just don't lift. When the winter looks away, like I stopped, like just gave me all these weird, like little toxic things that I should do. And um, so just to explain for the longest time, I resented like what the body I was, they were trying to build for me to be the best player I could be. And as I got older through the program, I started to look at the girls who like were lifting heavy and like did have the best numbers and like were killing it. And I wanted to be that strong. Like I viewed, I started to realize strength and muscle is something to be so proud of. Like when we literally think about muscle, it's an actual physical embodiment of your hard work. True that. I love that. (laughs) It's so insanely true. The fact that, I mean, also, We've all dealt with this in college. We always thought that skinny was like faster or better. But like n- now focusing on strength, that like that's a totally different mindset that I wish I had in college. I, I definitely didn't want to lift because of all the myths of bulking up. And that also leads to the, to the problem of just miseducation about, you know, strength training in general. But I mean, yeah. man, we need to start appreciating what our bodies can do. Yeah, and I also think that like, functional looks different on everyone like yeah you're like if you really are training for performance you have to understand that maybe you're not going to look like your teammate next to you who's also training exactly like you are for performance like it's it's going to to show differently on everyone and be expressed in different ways and we cannot all be carbon copies of each other yeah it's just such like you have to throw the visual aspect out, if, especially if you really love the game, you should want to be in the body that is the healthiest and best prepared to play that game that you love so much. And anything that you're doing to go against that, you're hindering how well you're going to be able to actually play. All right. The next one we have is our girl, Julie Foudy, who obviously we know was our idol back in the day, uh, national team champ. You know, it became, you know, there's a, a saying the current team uses that I love. It's not just a moment, it's a movement, right? Um, and that's what it felt like. Like, oh my gosh, you know, for so long we've wanted this to be bigger than, you know, the small audience that watches and cares deeply about us and for all these young girls and boys to be inspired. And especially boys, right, too, because they had never seen girls doing that in that type of stage. I think that's healthy for society as well for them to see that. So um, it definitely felt different after that. I like how she's saying it wasn't just that moment, that even today's team is still part of that movement, which I think is really cool. 
And I also love that she says boys too, not just little girls. Like now finally guys are like also seeing like female athletes can be idols and, and heroes and people they look up to. Our next one is actually Lisa Zamouche, who is the number one freestyler in the world. I don't care. Mm -hmm. I don't care. She tell me that I cannot do something, I will do it. <laughs> just because Amen. she told me that it's not possible. <laughs> Watch me. And people are like, okay, now I want to challenge you. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't care about the fact that I'm a girl. They want to challenge me because they know that I can do, uh, that I can beat them. Mm -hmm. I love how she brings up such a good point that like when we're kids, if no one's taught us like, oh, boys are better than thing. Boys are better at sports than girls. That, like, you go into it and without that judgment. And I love how, like, she talks about that as a kid. And I, it's just so inter interesting. Like, what if we never, like, society never changed our opinion on that? Because when we're a kid, if you want to play on the playground with the boys, you go and you play on the playground. And you have no idea what the societal expectation is of you as a female playing a sport. And it's just really interesting. The next one is from another person who's awesome on social media and has a fantastic app, Techni, um, is Gael Everbush. Yeah, I think it's super tough, especially as an athlete, because like there is such thing as a tough coach. Like, and and yes. the line is so blurry, like between when you just need to toughen up and be able to take criticism and when like this is just not right. And mm -hmm. I didn't even have within my like wheelhouse to be thinking about the fact that it might not be right. I was like, oh, it's on me. Like, why can, Why am I playing so badly? Why is my confidence so low? Why am I so nervous for practice? But the reality is like people were really suffering. Like this coach was was terrible. Like he, he was scary and like physically intimidating and things that like are not, we now like, it's true. There's a lot more transparency surrounding this. Like we now know it's not okay, but it's tough because the line is very blurry. And I think, especially as female athletes, we always look to ourselves. Like we're so honorable, like, okay, well we just need to do better or like, okay, this is a good learning experience or whatever, but sometimes it's just not okay. Um, and this one was not okay. And he ended up um, being fired. So uh, finally got taken care of, but some definitely a lot of mental damage had been done and, and it wasn't just me, you know, a bunch of players, I think were really kind of a little bit scarred from that. So it is kind of a good message is that there's certainly a line and you should never feel scared when you're showing up at training or terrified of making a mistake. Like those are not healthy, normal feelings. You should obviously want to do well and it's fine if a coach pushes you, but there's like, there's a, a line there for sure. It's true like it's hard especially as female athletes we, we don't want to come off as like not being tough and not being strong enough but there is a line and unfortunately there are coaches and trainers and people and that are in colleges and high schools who do cross that line so I just hope that any lady baller who feels that way like you shouldn't be terrified every time you see that person or every time you make a mistake yeah and to to trust your gut on how you're feeling like if you're uncomfortable more often than not like talk to someone and tell tell a teammate tell your parents like do what you have to do to voice what's going on because i'm sure yael's team went far too long not saying anything because even between the teammates they might have been afraid to say something you know so it could really cripple cripple you and ruin your experience as a player so don't let that don't waste another minute if you feel uncomfortable the next one is olivia moultrie um olivia is the youngest american professional women's soccer player uh she turned pro when she was 13 years old which like i i definitely like maybe gotten nervous before but i always kind of just say like i'll just go out compete the nerves so like if i just step on because honestly like for me 
I feel like the safest place for me is on the field. Like when I'm on the field, I am the least nervous that I'll ever be because I'm just so comfortable and confident in what I've done to prepare myself to be there that I'm just like, and even if I am nervous, I'll just be like, all right, I'm just going to go compete so hard that I forget about it. And that works really every time. I mean, if I'm just like, if I'm sprinting around and doing, you know, everything I can to win the game and help my team and be my best, then like, everything else naturally just comes I think so yeah that's really just any point that I have if I'm nervous is that just to go out and compete I feel like I probably said this actually when we were podcasting but she brings up such a good point and you're we're never nervous like while we're playing in a game it's always the minutes like leading up to it is when we feel nervous and then usually the game is so crazy and so intense that you're just playing your heart out to begin with, but it's so it's so true. If you let yourself just like sit in that nervousness, it can be paralyzing. But then I love how she says the idea of just going on the field and like out competing the nerves. Yeah, and she also said she felt so safe. And I think that's because she was confident in her abilities. And I think that's what's missing a lot of the time with players. Like they're just not confident enough in, in how talented they are. And that's why they're so nervous about getting on the field, which is crazy. So it's like, one thing that I remember taking away from her podcast was that she was really confident in herself. And I really admire that about her. Another baller um, is Indy Cowie, who we mentioned earlier, who's a freestyler, three times Guinness world record holder. Um, And Indy's also someone who has been growing the game of freestyling. Um, We've tried to freestyle with her a few times, which didn't go amazingly. Probably just spreading the sport because mm-hmm. it did so much for me uh, in like a mental space, the physical aspect, even like socially, it's given me so many opportunities. And if I've done that for even one or two people just by exposing them to freestyle, then I feel like that's what I'm most proud of. I gotta be honest, I probably wouldn't really even know about female freestylers if it wasn't for Andy Cowie. Like she was my first like, like, holy crap, I haven't seen females, you know, do tricks like that and, and have full like that. So it's really cool. I think she's probably introduced way more than just a handful of people. people. She's like, yeah. if I change two people, like, yeah, <laughs> I probably had like thousands of girls want to play this sport because of you, which yeah. is like incredible. He- the next clip is from our podcast with Jordan Angeli. Um, who started the ACL club. One of the things I think too is like we have been taught so much as athletes that like we have to push through things like oh just push through the pain or rub some dirt on it and keep playing or like oh if it hurts and you can still play then like still playing. So we've created this like reaction in our brain where we're always we're always pushing and pushing and pushing and when when you can't push in a injury like this, because it really is up and down, and you sometimes can't dictate when, when the next like down is coming or when the next high is coming. And it's really hard to sit in those moments and be like, this sucks. And like, I just want to cry and be okay with like not feeling like you're moving forward, but like letting those emotions out and expressing your emotions is actually a way to move yourself forward. I think it's something we've discussed in a lot of podcasts that uh, the mental side of the game not even on the field but off the field when you're dealing with an injury I think we don't realize how much it can affect like our mental state and like you have to take care of yourself while you're physically getting better your knee or your ankle or whatever you have to make sure you're taking care of your head as well 
Definitely. And also, if you guys go back and listen to that whole podcast episode, the one thing we really loved was that she created a community for people who were injured and going through those mental health issues to know that they are not alone in, in what's going on and all of their problems. And when you connect and have that support, it's really important to your journey coming back. So make sure that you do that. Is this the last one? Yeah, last one um, is Sophia Smith. So one, I think for me, the, the best part was just having the support of everyone around me. There was, I mean, obviously there's always gonna be people who are thinking it's crazy, thinking how could you possibly leave a Stanford degree um, to go pursue women's soccer where, you know, the salary is this and that. Um, But I think for me, having the people whose opinions I cared most about support me um, and believe in me was huge. um, And it meant everything to me. Yeah, just like Alana was saying before, it's so absolutely crucial to be surrounded around people who support you and they they like appreciate your goals and your values and they just want what what's best for you. And I think that's really, really important to surround yourself around that rather than like the toxic people. And, you know, of course you'll run into people who just don't agree with what you're doing, but at the end of the day, you have to go with your gut and what's best for you because it's your journey. All right, guys. Well, that is it. Those are just some of, um, some of the lessons we've learned along the way. There's so many more. But this podcast is already probably going to be a little long. Um, but go back. Like, if there's episodes that you've missed, um, check them out. Because every single guest that we've had on has said some incredible words of wisdom that we've learned so much from. And, um, yeah, it's just been such a fun journey. And we can't wait for the next 100 episodes. So thanks for, thanks for joining. Who is a guest that you'd like to have? Ooh, who do I want? Well, you know the big one that I'm working on is Abby Wambach. So Fingers crossed. And hopefully Carly Lloyd, maybe Alex Morgan. We don't know. We're just spitballing here. I would love Julie Ertz. Yes. That would be awesome. (laughs) Um, Oh, and our contest, you guys can post on your Instagram story with um, a screenshot of listening to the podcast and tag us because we're going to be giving away a signed jersey from Gotham um, by Carly Lloyd, Allie Long, Midge Purse. Um, and a bunch of the other players on Gotham, and then um, a pair of custom design cleats, that Nike cleats that are gonna be sick. And $100 to the Soccer Pops gift shop. This giveaway is huge. I'm gonna enter. Yeah, I already entered and I actually won. No, you can't rig it. We didn't even tell them about it yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyway, so definitely, Enter the giveaway, guys, and thanks so much. Thank you. Out of the building. Bye. Bye.